0: media a podcast made by kansas city fans for kansas city fans my name is armando aka hot take mondo and i am joined by my good friend reese aka referees and today ladies and gentlemen we have a jam-packed episode where we cover our two loves D &D and wrestlemania
1: heck yeah i love it (laughs) we're a DD wrestling podcast now i've only been pushing for this since last april
0: so go ahead, Reese. The uh, the uh, floor is yours. Well, first off,
1: it's funny the fact that you actually mentioned pro wrestling because are you aware of what happened this past Sunday? No. AEW's All Out pay per view, which was an all <laughs>
0: time pay per view. Let me tell you. Let me just start off with what happened. How much? How, wait, wait. How much do people pay to to see wrestling? 50 bucks it's a pay-per-view good lord hey
1: totally worth it i mean when you think about it so i watched it with a buddy you know so we split the price of a pay-per-view it was 25 bucks you can't go to an opera or a
0: theater show for 25 bucks a ahead <laughs> that's true and that is all fake as well so yes exactly right <laughs> but case in point
1: uh geez two weeks ago now week and a half time flies so does the name cm punk mean anything to you
0: Nah. So CM like is is that like CMC's alter ego?
1: No, no. So so CM Punk was arguably, if you ask the city of Chicago, he was arguably the biggest professional athlete to come out of Chicago since Michael Jordan. Barring he never hit that he never hit that zenith that like Derrick Rose did his MVP or when everyone thought Derrick Rose was gonna be like you know the second savior of Chicago sports. But for like the late. To early 2010s, CM Punk was like the golden child for Chicago sports. He was huge in WWE, probably second only in popularity to like John Cena, which is something in and of itself and he then went on and was part of two UFC pay-per-views got destroyed because he had no business being there but I mean like he was good for him for getting in the octagon I don't have the cut spot to do that but the thing is he left wrestling at the height of his powers very angrily and unceremoniously circa 2014 and he didn't come back until about a week and a half ago on AEW which is that rival promotion to WWE I've been telling you about so the only way to describe this would be like oh my goodness if hypothetically Mbappe right now didn't re-sign with his team over in Europe at the height of his powers and instead signed with like FC Dallas and it's like oh my gosh MLS is getting like the top drawn names in soccer right now that's kind of how aew is and i won't that, spoil, that's a big deal i won't spoil what happened for the rest of the pay-per-view
0: but there were you some... can you can spoil it it's okay
1: okay so then two <laughs> other dudes showed up at the very end of the pay-per-view one the well... rock and uh Coldstone chief austin dude i wish it was Coldstone chief austin no it was a. Uh, it was two dudes and what's really interesting is the fact that one of them became like an indie sensation, was snatched up by WWE in this whole Game of Thrones of trying to like get every indie sensation, but then something happened to WWE recently and he decided to not take the money and re-up with them and instead show up with AEW and literally reunite with like this faction he had been with like five, six, seven years ago, and then somebody else, I don't know if CM Punk doesn't mean anything, Daniel Bryan
0: probably doesn't mean anything either, right? Uh, Daniel Bryan uh, related to no I'm just kidding I, I, I have no idea <laughs> no
1: but but Daniel Bryan's another one who at the top of his wrestling powers he had to medically retire because he had like some sort of bone spur in his neck but uh, maybe it was concussions I can't remember which one it was at that time but he eventually came back to WWE about three years ago which in of itself was a huge victory but then when his contract came up again this year it was like oh he's obviously going to like just kind of retire and like be happy making WWE money he said no, I'm going to re-sign with this rival promotion because I really like the dudes they have and what they're doing. So, that would be like if Lionel Messi, no, no, if Ronaldo didn't just sign with another team overseas and he instead after Mbappe went to FC Dallas was like, "I'm going to go play for the Houston Dynamo." I mean, the the, the fact that like these signings all wow. happen so concurrently As a wrestling fan, I'm doing what they say is marking out, but I can't tell you just how big of a deal this is. And thank you for letting me have the first four minutes and 50 seconds of this podcast to talk about that.
0: Well, uh uh, if there are any viewers still listening, thank you for supporting this podcast. Don't worry, this is not a WrestleMania podcast. <laughs> and d- don't go... <laughs> but but I'm just getting... The reason why I did it, I'm just getting Reese fired up for the entire episode, or really just getting his juices going, because right now Reese is on a different planet right now.
1: Oh, oh baby, I'm about ready to explode. And I didn't even tell you about the fact that one of the biggest <laughs> stars from New Japan Pro Wrestling came overseas and made a debut for this promotion which nobody saw coming as well as Ruby Soho one of the top female wrestlers also defected away from WWE to sign here dude it is a madhouse right now in professional wrestling
0: you know if 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 ESPN ever had like a professional wrestling analyst like position open up i think you would have to take it immediately oh, kind of like that one guy that That is the golf analyst on ESPN. His name is Michael something, and he is absolutely outrageous. Like, you have to... Oh, man. I forgot his name. Is he like Jem? Is he truly, truly outrageous? Let me look it up.
1: Well, no. it's So, it's funny, because ESPN actually did have a pro wrestling sponsorship, by which, I mean, they had a deal with WWE where, like, they would sort of loosely cover WWE, but... That sort of kind of fell through, and it's, I mean the whole thing's a quagmire. I could spend like a multi-episode series talking
0: about oh, like I'm the sure, pro Reese. wrestling
1: world in the last three years. It's really fascinating.
0: Sure. Fascinating. <laughs> uh, the guy's name is Michael Collins. Uh, Michael Collins. I think you would give Michael Collins a run for his money if you were to audition for a niche analyst position at ESPN. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Thank you, Reese, for getting pumped up for us on this podcast because we're not going to talk about D or WrestleMania. It is now football all day, every day on fountain city sports media. This is week one of the NFL season. We have a long season to go buckled up. This is Reese and this is my wheelhouse. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to be excited about in Kansas City, and we have a lot of great analysis for you today. But before we talk about the AFC championship preview of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns, we're going to talk about what we did last week. Now, normally, Reese and I, we go, oh, well, what what did you do this week? Instead of doing that, we're just going to skip to what we both did this week. So as most of you know that follow this podcast, we created a Found City Sports Media Fantasy Football League exclusively for people that listen to this podcast and especially those that are on Patreon. So as you know, if, if you did not get the invite... 2 episodes ago I said email us let us know if you'd like to be in and we had we have a full 12 team half PPR league and boy was our draft wild Reese. So we're going to get to the draft as well as the AFC Championship preview quote unquote. But before we do all that Reese, let us know again how people find us on social media.
1: Well first off, if you're looking for the greatest pro wrestling content and you want some more of that action, you can find us on social media, on Instagram, on on Twitter and on Facebook at Fountain City SM. Now, if you really like what you hear so much that you would like to subscribe and be a true friend of the podcast, or maybe you just want to pay to get me to shut up about pro wrestling, <laughs> you can subscribe <laughs> to our Patreon account at patreon.com/fcsm. There you'll find bonus episodes, bonus beer reviews, outtakes, and exclusive content. I mean, we might not be giving some of this. Uh, fantasy football stuff away for free for much longer. You want a chance to win? You want a chance for glory? You might have to subscribe to survive.
0: <laughs> there it is, Reese. And you know how we created that 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 new tier of buy Armando a house in Kansas City for our Patreon account. Why don't we add another yep. tier for those of you that loved Reese's rant about WrestleMania or whatever he talked about? We're gonna make another tier as well. Let Reese run the world with WrestleMania on Fountain City Sports Media. So if you donate one thousand dollars, that's right, one zero zero zero, then Reese will. Create his own WrestleMania wing within Fountain City Sports Media. Who has the guts to donate? We'll find out when this episode is posted.
1: You know, we're just slowly becoming Bill Simmons Grantland, now Bill
0: Simmons The Ringer. <laughs> So if the ringer wants to works, I'm telling you, it works.
1: Hey, ringer. If, if you guys are looking for some hot new voices for your network, you know, it's, I mean, Armando knows everything about fantasy. We know everything about the chiefs in the NFL and I know a little something, something about something they call professional wrestling. So check us out, hit us up. Fountain city S M I dare you.
0: All right, wonderful. And you know, we have a really good group of followers and, and this this Fantasy League is kind of like a celebration of our Patreon account people and the people that have been contributors on the podcast and also people that listen to the podcast. This So this will be fun because most of you listening are are people in the fantasy league or no people in our fantasy league. So let's go through the list of people Reese. I'll talk about uh, the people that I uh, recruited and then you can talk about your recruiters. So from people that I recruited, we have um, mainstay on the podcast, Buffalo Mike representing. Uh, we also have, of course, our friend miracle on 39th street, AKA Oracle on 39th street, AKA Kyle is in the league. Yes, he is back. We also have cold stone chief Austin Austin in the league. We have my brother who hasn't been on the podcast yet, but we'll have him here to talk smack on fantasy football. My brother Andrew, AKA Uncle Drew. We also have my friend from Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Mike. Who is also joining our league? Who you saw on our fantasy live draft, or sorry, our um, not our fantasy live draft, but our draft day NFL draft day live pod, which was four hours long. So Mike was featured on that, and a guy that actually isn't uh, has not been on the podcast, but I met him in LA doing a gig, and he's been listening and he subscribes. My buddy Will from LA, Reese. How about you? Who else? Who else is in our league?
1: Oh man, so. We got so many people here. I'm going to start at the very tippy top. First off, we got my old friend, David. That's right. David Farrell, the Packers fanatic. You may or may not have seen in our draft live stream this year. We have repping from Kansas City, Jojo Doom. He is a very seasoned fantasy football veteran. We also got my guy out from Philly, now in the New York City, David. And he's ready to start some stuff with Buffalo Mike and light this league on fire. Uh, we also have David's brother-in-law, who is one of the coolest people I've ever met. I got to give a shout out to Sam Holly, representing the Vikings. We also got the guy with the biggest stonk inside jobs. We're talking Alex Nikolenko for Right Up The Block, a.k.a. we work at Boulevard together. And then I think that about covers everybody.
0: (laughs) That's everyone. Yeah. So a 12 team league, but 13 of us because Reese and I are together because we're confident that no one can beat us in this league. And we'll talk about the league. So, so Reese, it's funny. So I created this chat. I would say maybe, you know, a few people know each other in the chat, but now it's, it's like, it's like WrestleMania. What's, what's the WrestleMania where everyone fights each other?
1: Okay. So, what is, you're
0: what is that mode thinking, call?
1: <laughs> it, you're probably thinking of a Royal Rumble or a Battle yeah. Royale. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So our so our group chat right now has become a Battle Royale. Like some people don't even know each other, but it's already become a, a crazy Smack Talk place. We love it. Um, speaking about Smack Talk, let's let's Smack Talk some of these people in our league because our draft day was was a little strange. I want to highlight some shockers from our draft day, starting with the fourth pick in the draft. Our boy Alex picked Jonathan Taylor fourth. What in the world? <laughs> okay, s- now now, Alex, Jonathan Taylor is good. I get it. Like, yes, he, he can be a star in this league, but like Jonathan Taylor at best is seventh or eighth. It was it was a shock. It, I, I almost crashed my car when I was in my car looking at the draft.
1: You know, I'm not going to lie. When I saw that at first, I'm like, did I fall asleep and like miss the first round or two of this draft on accident? Because I'm sorry, my dude, you may have well drafted Jonathan Taylor Thomas with that fourth pick. He would be of more use to you there.
0: What were you thinking? So then in, in doing so, my, my brother, Uncle Drew, at five was able to pick Dalvin Cook. Oh. Dalvin Cook, who is projected like number two out of every fantasy analyst, drops to my brother at five, and he snags number two, which is wild. But it also helped Reese and I, because Reese and I's first pick was Ezekiel Elliott, who most fantasy people will put him at five or six. So it was actually a really good value for us to pick him up at eight. Uh, so that worked out for us, but Come on, what was that? And then I want to feature my friend Buffalo Mike. Uh-oh. Now, his name's not Buffalo Mike for for nothing. He's Buffalo Mike because he picked every single Buffalo player he possibly could in this draft. He picked a total of 6 Bills players. Uh. On his team, I didn't even know the Bills had six players on the on the Buffalo Bills that are on their offense. Like I just thought, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Cole Beasley. Um, I didn't even know like half the players that he that he drafted. Let me let me look really quickly.
1: Well, I, I saw somebody do that in fantasy baseball back in the mid two thousands. They took like oh D- David was there for this. He knows what I'm talking about. They our buddy drafted like. Nothing but Yankees. He's like Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Mark Teixeira. Uh, oh geez. who do you even have back then? Maybe CC Sabathia. It was it was weird. which
0: which is a different situation because back in the day, like the All Stars were only Yankees and Red Sox. So yeah. like yeah, fine if you do Teixeira, but like but like Buffalo Mike picked Gabriel Davis who's Gabriel? who is Davis Buffalo Mike who is Gabriel Davis and then he also he also chose two defenses so that no he has three defenses on his team (laughs) he has the bucks the bills and the browns (laughs) uh. Buffalo Mike did you did you just like put in your like auto pick if you auto picked at that point like let me just do alphabetical order on defense
1: Dude, that's that's a bold strat. Cause I mean, in my other draft, I took I took Justin Tucker and the Ravens at the turn of the round. Cause you know it was like round eight, round nine at that point. I was just filling out my team, and they were the best available for those slots I needed. But wow, three three defenses, man. This is like a super duper flex league with nothing but defense. Man,
0: and, and for those of you that, like, don't know Buffalo Mike, he does know football, and he actually did draft well in other places. Like, he, he got Saquon, he did get Josh Allen, he did get Stephon Diggs. Chris Godwin's his his second, like, wide receiver. Like, that that's a pretty good draft. But then he just, like, messed around at the end. So, Buffalo Mike, if you really think you're that good, just wait, buddy. Just wait. Because Reese and I have a stacked team. Before we talk about our team, though, Reese, any any other uh, shockers you saw or you want to talk about?
1: Um, I mean... Yeah, I'm surprised Dalvin Cook dropped to five and not just for the Jonathan Taylor pick. I'm surprised Alvin Kamara went in front of him because a lot of drafts, I saw, you know, either McCaffrey or Dalvin go at number one. Um, other weird things. Saquon Barkley is a round two pick is a high
0: risk. I don't even
1: know if I would say mid reward because yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna say it now and now they're saying Saquon might not not even play this first week, which I guess if you draft Saquon you should know that. Uh And he's if you pick him high two or even like low three uh, third round, you know what you're getting at that point, right? Like he can be the best player in the league, but with injuries right now, there's really no telling if he will be healthy for 17 straight games. So we'll see that. Yeah, you're right. That was a shock. And like Saquon before this month. He was going like first round sixth and then just consistently has been dropping. Did we take his backup? No, I don't think we took his backup. We took someone else, but hey. anyway. Yeah, so well, for the most part, it was a pretty good draft. We just wanted to put on blast Alex and Buffalo. Mike we will see you in other matches and hopefully we can have them on. We'll talk a little little smack on here.
1: I do have one final question here. Who's Andy Reid's barbecue adventure? Is that Kyle? Uh I think it's Kyle. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Kyle is Dude, that one. we got to give props to Kyle. He has a thick team right now. Hold on, hold on, listen to this. So, round one, Derrick Henry. Round two, good. George Kittle. Round good. three, David Montgomery. Round four, uh, yeah, he's pretty solid. Round four, Amari Cooper. Good. And then in five and six, he's still nabbing Lamar Jackson and OBJ. Good.
0: Oh OBJ is uh we'll see what happens. If OBJ stays healthy, then yeah, absolutely good good pick at wide receiver two. Round seven, he's got
1: Kenny Galladay, who's another one that could be like a high risk, yeah, could, high reward yeah. player. Good flyer. Uh after that, do the wheels fall off? Now you got Harrison Bucker in round nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he took the first kicker off the board, but if your team is that good and you do have Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, Amari Cooper, uh Kittle. I think you can you can reach,
1: <laughs> dude. He even got Rob Gronkowski as his backup tight
0: end. Colts wow. D,
1: uh, Daniel Jones. You know what? That's a that's a pretty good team.
0: That's not a bad team. That, there's a lot I don't of talent like his, on that team. I don't I don't like his bench, but again, if you have solid, healthy players, like. Derrick Henry, David Montgomery, Mari, uh, Mari Cooper, Lamar Jackson, George Kittle. Well, we'll see about George Kittle. But if you have players that you don't think are going to get injured, you probably aren't going to have to use your bench. So,
1: But you know good, what?
0: Good draft, Oracle of 39th Street. That, good team,
1: draft. that team might be the fantasy league equivalent of the Browns where it's like, look at all this talent. But like, <laughs> is this talent actually good?
0: Now, now, Reese, are you saying that when we face him in the semifinals, we're going to pull a Chiefs and put our backup quarterback in there and smoke him in, in, in the semifinals before we go up against Buffalo Mike.
1: If we play Kyle in the semifinals, we will 100% not start Jalen Hurts and pick up Chad Henney from the waiver wire.
0: <laughs> yes, 1000%. you heard it here first. You heard it. Also, if Kyle listens to this, I'm sure he'll be fuming that we have compared him to the Cleveland Browns. Dude, C- Cleveland Rocks, man. Cleveland Rocks. <laughs> All right, but before we talk about the AFC Championship preview, we will talk about the fantasy football championship preview. So we have week 1. We are going up against your buddy, David. Oh. And David's team is is pretty good. Like, I thought our team was pretty good, but then when we went to projections, we are projected to lose by 7 points. Yeah. In that first game. That's fine. Okay, now, Reese, a little, a little um, analyzing here. What's your panic meter now on our team going into week one, knowing what we know? By the way, for our viewers that don't know, we found out that Austin Eckler is dealing with a hamstring injury, which is the same injury that he was out for last year for a very, very, very long time. Now, we don't know if it's the equivalent one, but if... If he has consistent hamstring injuries, these soft tissue injuries, a little nervous. Well, thoughts.
1: So so I'm a little. I will predict a loss for us on this end, if only because if Austin Eckler was healthy, I really think this was more of a push than like a seven point deficit, because there are some players on Team Farrell. That I'm not so sure about the projections here. Like Dak Prescott slated in for twenty point nine at Tampa Bay. At Tampa
0: Bay, First yeah, I don't game know about back,
1: that. Tampa Bay coronation night. I could see Dak Prescott having five points just as soon as I could see him having twenty one points in there. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's gonna eat. Uh, you know, Mike Davis, good matchup. AJ Brown, questionable, but again, soft Arizona D, good matchup. Uh Darren Wal- Actually,
0: AJ AJ Brown didn't practice today. Really? Yeah, he, he didn't practice today. I forgot what the injury was. Um, it's not something that he's out for weeks, but he didn't practice, so we might not see him. that could help us.
1: Steelers D at Buffalo, man, that Buffalo team is high powered and looking to make a statement week one. I could just as well see the Steelers finishing in negative points as I could with five.
0: So, and and you know what? Hot take, hot take Armando, Darren Waller against the Ravens D elite D perhaps. Yeah. Elite. Can, can, can we see the fall of Darren Waller week one, David?
1: Well, I need the Ravens D to be elite as you say, because I drafted them in my work league. So I, you know, Uh-huh. Hopefully, what's his name? Colias Campbell or whatever on the... <laughs>
0: Kal- something.
1: Something. Uh, anyway. How do you
0: not know who Kalias Campbell is? Good Lord. I,
1: I don't know. Because, I, I don't know. You know what I do with soup? I eat it. Uh, but our team, you know, I kind of like some of these matchups here. I think yeah.
0: Zeke against the Tampa Bay D is asking a lot but yeah it'll it'll be tough and Zach Martin is out as well but Zeke is Zeke right like like no no matter who those top 5 running backs play we have to start them and there could be a chance that they will do well. So I, I actually have confidence in Zeke and look, even if he doesn't have like a 14, 15 point fantasy game, he's definitely going to see the end zone once. Yeah. And, and that that's fine. You know, if, 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 if he gives us 10 points, I'm happy.
1: You know, looking at our team, You know, having Eck would be huge against that Washington D. The reason I'm saying that I'm kind of punting on a loss here this week is that we have a lot of bad matchups overall.
0: Yeah, we do. I'm
1: trying to see the silver lining in Zeke Tampa Bay here, but like – the second string Chargers running back we just picked up. I, the name escapes me against the Washington. Just
0: Justin Jackson. Justin
1: Jackson at Washington. That's a nasty defense. Allen Robinson at the Rams. Nasty defense. Hawkinson at the Niners. Good defense. This just might not be our week.
0: <laughs> well, Reese, hot take Mondo's here, and I think even if Austin Eckler's out and we put Justin Jackson in, we're not losing by seven points. We're winning. By seven points and here's why this is the coronation year for Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts is playing the nobody Atlanta Falcons that are trying to tank anyway so they can get a quarterback for next year so Jalen Hurts is about to go off second like I said Ezekiel Elliott is is gonna do wonders this year even against the Buccaneers three even if not Austin Eckler and it's Justin Jackson, Justin Jackson is a very good pass catcher. And that's something that works because we're doing half PPR. So even if we can feed him, even if we can throw the ball to him a little bit, I think that's going to help us out this is also the coronation year for Allen Robinson. Now, not a great matchup because he's probably going to go up against Jalen Ramsey, but this is Allen Robinson's year. I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to be one of the standout wide receivers in the NFL. Brandon Ayuk is going up against the Detroit Lions. I can't name you one Detroit Lions player on defense, so he's going to have Brandon Ayuk is going to get fed. JJ, sorry, TJ Hawkinson is going to be the new Darren Waller, just like Derek Carr had no one in in Oakland or wherever he was last year in Vegas. He only had Waller. Yeah, Jared Goff only has T.J. Hawkinson. There's no one else on that team as far as I'm concerned. DeAndre so T.J. is gonna DeAndre's. Well, whatever. Uh, DeAndre Swift. He can he 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 can run the ball, but like Jared Goff has to throw it to someone. You know what I mean? So he's gonna throw it to to T.J. Just like Carr had to throw it to Waller. And for all. Oh yeah. And then I forgot. Raheem freaking Mostert is going up against the Detroit Lions, too. Again, I can't name a single Detroit Lion D player for you. So Raheem Mostert is going to have running back one points, which is going to make up for Austin Eckler, which means we're going to win that. So take that, David. If we lose, though, you can come on. You could make fun of us.
1: You know what? I, I got one more bombshell I'm going to drop on this entire league. This is just, this is just my album. Oh, outlook. no. <laughs> so everyone's talking big about their team and rapping on everybody else. I don't see a whole bunch of complete rosters. I think there should be a lot of movement both in trades and on the waiver wire throughout the season in this league. However... While I think everyone deep down is insecure about their team, this is what I like to call the high school dating scene league. Everybody's insecure about themselves, but when someone propositions a trade, suddenly they're too good for that offer and they can do better even though they're still so insecure about themselves. They're not going to patch that wide receiver 2 hole with a with a Raheem Mostert and like I don't know some other bonus player thrown in, you know, to fix that flex spot for them. So
0: that's, that's all I'm saying. Welcome to Degrassi, the fantasy football league. And, and Reese, R- R- Mostert might be our saving grace this year because if something serious does happen to Austin Eckler, then we can throw Mostert in that running back too. And then hopefully rugs Devonte Smith or one of those other flyers that we have can really like take over that flex spot. Um, so I'm actually, I'm actually pretty hopeful about our team. The only team that I'm really afraid of is uncle Drew's team. There's one player that I don't like on his team, but everyone else, unfortunately my, my brother drafted really well. He got Kyler Murray, Dalvin cook, deandre hopkins scary terry mclaurin noah Fant, kareem hunt at his flex which i did for him in another league and i told him i was like kareem hunt is the best flex you could ever get and then of course he uses my advice and takes kareem hunt and then he's got washington d as well so it's a really good team my brother has i'm i'm hoping for a deandre hopkins injury or i'm hoping for um cliff kingsbury to say uh we're, we're gonna tank because kyle murray just he just ain't it he ain't it
1: He's got it. He's got a pretty shallow bench too i'm not gonna lie uh i see he's got brandon cooks but i do not smell what uncle drew is cooking
0: (laughs) yeah actually looking at his bench and i like it either it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of like number two players that will never be a number one player like maybe one week they'll get you 15 points but you'll never know when that one week is so you will never know when to start them exactly exactly yeah so we we, take that uncle drew Well ladies and gentlemen, I hope especially those of you that are in our fantasy league, I hope this is enough banter uh, to give you to get your juices flowing to to so go ahead and text us and say Reese and Armando I want to be on the pod next week put me on the pod because we're ready to roll so let us know we'll get you on the pod we are ready to smack talk because I don't want this to be one of those like oh this is this is our podcast so 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 we just get a dog you every week no come on here and you debate us too and let's see what happens I'm fired up and Reese is fired up for a beer so stay tuned wait for a beer gentlemen we are back we are back and hopefully this is as hot takey as the first segment because boy we'll reheat it about a plethora of subjects and we're going to continue the heat here with your favorite segment this week in craft beer slash beer review so before reese reviews a tasty beer i will let you know about some beer news this week I was checking the stock market Reese and saw that Boston beer is tanking now Boston beer owns a lot of different companies and let me let me read the following truly hard seltzer Mm -hmm. twisted Mm -hmm. tea Sam Adams angry orchard and dogfish so what happened this week well according to cnbc.com shares of this company tanked nine percent in after hours trading on friday after pulling its earnings guidance amid slowing growth in its hard seltzer brand quote the company now Expects to incur hard seltzer related inventory write offs, shortfall fees payable to third party brewers, and other costs that will be expensed during the remainder of the fiscal 2021 year. So, this got me thinking is this the end of the hard seltzer hype? I mean, I think seltzer's here to stay, but. Could this mean that maybe the popularity of it has reached its peak and that there is no other avenue for hard seltzer? We're thinking Truly's. We're thinking even even though Twisted Tea is not a hard seltzer, it's still in that category of like this malt liquor, sugar, be- sugary beer. Is, is this a good sign for us craft beer people, Reese?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think that Boulevard got the memo that the seltzer train is starting to slow into the station, because I know we have profits on those bad boys that are, as they say, to the moon, uh, but I mean, I, I see more seltzers popping up places that I know what to do with. I don't know what's going on inside Boston Beer Company, but is it possible they're just not marketing those bad boys correctly? Because seltzers have been selling well, themselves.
0: Yeah, you know, I guess a devil advocate could be that, you know, okay, we think of Truly as one of the best hard seltzers next to White Claw. Those are kind of like the big mecca ones. So the counter argument could be that there are so many different seltzer products that people are not just going for their 24 pack of Truly or their 24 pack of uh, White Claw So that could be the argument. It's just the craft beer nerd in me that was hopeful that a company like that is uh, has a nine percent decline within the quarter, which could be good for craft beer. And, you know, I can agree with you, too. If Boulevard is doing craft beer like like the Quirk series, which is great, um, then maybe it's just good for craft beer in general, because now people aren't finding one choice, but now have multiple choices.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really interesting because I know that I said this before, there are quirks and then there are hard seltzers, you know, it's like quirk really isn't a class of its own from all the things I've tried. Maybe we're the exception to the rule because ours is just so gosh dang delicious and everyone else kind of needs to get on our level. But I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't see them... I don't see them tanking because I just th- there's such an easy, on-the-go, low-calorie, low-sugar alternative to doing something like Smirnoff Ice or doing Zima or doing a gluten-free beer or something like that. You know, it's, it's easier than getting a handle of vodka and bringing it to the lake, you know? It's like, get some seltzers in your cooler. So, I don't know. I will have to ask some people uh, higher up and more knowledgeable on this subject than my own. I don't have enough badges to figure this one out, so...
0: It could also be that the fall season's approaching and people do want a... You know a different tasting beer whether it's a oktoberfest beer or an amber lager or you know something darker in flavor and seltzers just ain't it for the fall so stay tuned that was just hopeful hot take mondo thinking that the seltzer trend is gone and we can go back to my hazies we go back to my doubles you know uh weldworks just did a collab with Topple and oh, goliath yeah, uh dino bits uh which i haven't had yet but my friend has saved me a four pack so i will uh i will grab one and hopefully be able to send you some reese so you can have some tasty dino Dude, bits. if
1: you did i would love you so much because i've heard some people in the beer casey facebook group say that that is the best beer they've ever had in their life so that, Hell that, yeah. that could
0: be a mount crush more participant who knows Ooh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Speaking about possible Mount Crushmore participant, what are you going to review today, Reese? I'm just hyping. I have no idea what we're going to do. I'm just hyping it so, up. So,
1: you know, just because Hulkamania has been running wild in this podcast, I figured it'd be very acceptable to review a wild sour today. Uh, a little bit of a story behind this bad boy. Ooh. I found this at hy in the make your own six pack section. And my wife wanted to go to the USCan Express checkout line. We did. Of course we scan alcohol. You know, it's like, oh, you gotta have approval from God the store. <laughs> so they send this kid to me that couldn't be more than nineteen years old, soaking wet. And he <laughs> has to like scan this through for me with his manager card or whatever. And it's like, Thank you, young man. And I get home and I look at the receipt, and my wife was like, Was that a ten dollar can of beer? And I was like, What?
0: So I looked at. Oh no! They charge you for the whole. He six. must
1: have because, like, I've I know some beers like you know Top and Goliath things about. Eh, you can find it for like five fifty six a can. I know Prairie is very expensive, and I'm like, I don't think Distill Brewery out of Normal, Illinois, has got the following that Prairie
0: has.
1: <laughs> so lo and behold, uh, not to knock on things, I have been giving a lot of praise recently to Cedar Falls, Iowa's hometown brewery, Single Speed, and subsequently Distill Brewery out of Normal, Illinois is another missouri valley participant so i want to see how another missouri valley team's single speed stacks up to our single speed which is why today i bring you from the limited release series salted watermelon goza a goza
0: with watermelon Ooh. sea salt and coriander you know we, we haven't done a goza in a while so this this will be fun this will be good for the viewers yep. All right, Reese. Well, for those of you playing at home and uh, maybe your first time, maybe you just love our 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 fantasy banter, and now you've stumbled onto the beer review. Let's let's keep it going. So so we have a few categories here, and we start each review with the first category, which is aroma. Reese, what is the aroma on this Goza?
1: I feel like that was a good two pronged click opening. I feel like that's the whole thing. You want that was you pretty good. crack. Not
0: ASMR ten Shh. uh product placement. If this goes, it wants to sponsor us. Eleven. Uh,
1: There's an ASMR like B- Burger King video commercial. That's unskippable oh, no. right now. I'm just like, uh oh, makes me want Burger King less. <laughs> All right, Aroma. I get some Jolly Rancher watermelon notes on here. I get a bit of that buttered popcorn-y, uh, scent that Gozas are known for. It's definitely smelling that sea salt in there as well. It smells like a breath of fresh sea air. Wow. You know, ultimately, if you told me Boulevard made this Goza, I would believe you. Uh, Boulevard does a really good job with some Gozas in the past, like Hibiscus Goza, Tequila Lime Barrel Goza. I would say if you told me Bolivar made a watermelon goza and this was the smell, I would believe you. So all things considered, it smells crisp, clean, refreshing, buttery. I'm going to give the aroma on this an 8.7.
0: All right, eight point seven, cool, cool. Uh, how about appearance on it? Pour that baby into a glass and let it let us know what it looks like. Cause some gozes are thick and not as translucent, and some are just very, very translucent. Well, coming in. What do you what do you see? Coming in at five point two percent.
1: I expect this one to be a little bit lighter, a little bit more clear. It foamed up very quickly. I got about an inch of foam on that. A very. Uh, Again, foamy foam, if that makes sense. Not pillowy, not cloudy, not light, but foam. And uh, mostly uniform bubbles with a few medium bubbles and one large bubble right in the middle there. The color of it, it's kind of an amberish cantaloupe color with... It's like, I don't know if I'm actually seeing a hint of pink or if I'm just seeing what my heart wants me to see... It is actually <laughs> kind of got a peach color to it, like, you know, the the flesh of a peach. So for appearance, it looks drinkable, looks appetizing, looks bubbly. I'm going to give it an
0: 8.5. Ooh, 8.5. Okay. Let's see if that 8.5 look has an 8.5 flavor. Hmm.
1: That's very interesting.
0: So initially...
1: And taking a sip and just letting it sit in my mouth, I thought it was going to be very sweet. I don't know what parts of my tongue were lighting up, but that felt like a very heavy sweetness to the flavor. But upon release and actually drinking it, it was pretty tangy. It was pretty sour. It tasted like watermelon. Uh, so I'm going to give that a quick second opinion sip. Get much more of that buttery sea saltiness the second time through. A little bit less of the watermelon, which is good because a lot of watermelon beers and a lot of cucumber beers, you get this kind of like Bath and Body Works essence perfuminess, fakeness to it, yeah. which I have to say, yeah. these guys did a good job not overwhelming this with fake watermelon flavor. Uh, I get a lot of the the wheaty crackery, or not crackery, but wheaty notes from it. Kind of when I exhale, you know, and, and let the the back part of the flavor hit. So all things considered, mm-hmm. it tastes like a goza. It's very tart. It, it It's probably one of the most sour gozas I've ever had. You know what? I'm going to give that uh, another
0: 8.5. All right. 8.5. So it did match. The, the look and the smell. Cool. Our fourth category is mouthfeel. How does that feel? Is, it, is the sourness kind of change the lightness or the heaviness of the feel? You know, carby. This is
1: really hard for me because for the first sip that it'll sit in my mouth, like I mentioned, there was a very heavy flavor profile to it. And I don't know what it is but there's something about the way this lights up my tongue when I take a sip that's very unpleasant. Uh, and w- which is weird because the flavor's good, but I, let me try that again. I mean, there's carby effervescence to it, but there's a certain humidity in the air, so to say. if If you catch my drift, a certain heaviness in there. I don't know what is setting me off, but some beers I like to hold my mouth and then swallow and go, ah, but this is one. It's like, I can't wait to get it swallowed. So for that reason, mouthfeel on this. I got to give that like a 5.3,
0: 5.3 Reese's (laughs) by, by the look on Reese's face. It does kind of look like a (laughs) 5.3. That's so bizarre. Um, I've never had a, that's weird. I've never
1: had a beer that's had something stick out as much as that mouthfeel sticks out. That's interesting.
0: Well, it, it must be true because you have not done that before. So if it sticks out, it sticks out, man. All right. 5.3 on mouthfeel. Now rounding it out. Aftertaste. What's the aftertaste? Does that mouthfeel kind of mess up the aftertaste for you?
1: Uh, aftertaste, like I mentioned, a lot more of the wheaty notes coming out on that back half. More of the uh, the tangy sourness there as well. So in a sense, I'm kind of getting like burliner vice from this, even though I know it's not a burliner vice, you know, but lighter style sours, man. What are you going to do? Uh, aftertaste doesn't wow me as much as flavor does, but it also doesn't, you know, shock me as much as the mouthfeel does. So I think aftertaste on this, I'm just going to give it uh seven flat seven.
0: A flat seven? Okay, so it it doesn't skew aftertaste too much then. That's good. Now, to finish it out, we have our ever-changing category, the BDQ category, uh, which I will call the beat down, the quagmires in our fantasy football league category. That's right, all you quagmires out there. I'm looking at you. Buffalo Mike.
1: Yeah. Alex. David. No diggity. No giggity. So BDQ, Big Stonks drinkability quotient on this. Man, I have to say, that mouthfeel really throws this whole thing out of whack. And if one of the letters of BDQ is gonna be drinkability, then I don't know how drinkable this beer is. I mean, it's it's again, it's not undrinkable, but does this make me want to crush another? Not necessarily. Does this beer make me want to recommend it to some of my other friends? Not necessarily. If I got a pint of this at a bar, would I get another one? Mm, Not necessarily. So, it's so weird that it does so many goes of things right. Just the fact that that one quality throws me off that much. For that reason, I don't think this has that big of a stonk drinkability quotient to it. And I'm going to have to leave it at about a 6.5 for BDQ.
0: 6'5 BDQ safe to say this won't be on Mount Crushmore safe to say Reese is not happy that he paid $10 for this beer uh. and you know what Th- that's why breweries have sensory panels because something like that right even though it passes all the other markers if it doesn't pass one thing that's why you have to have sensory panels at your breweries to really catch you know something so um, obscure as you know the subtleness of that mouthfeel well so good observation and that's why sensory panels are important very
1: true and you know that's that's what's so weird is, is goes is supposed to be very light very crushable very drinkable you know wild sours and again this one's outside of the mouthfeel not unpleasant it's just it doesn't drink and feel like a 5.2% beer should that's fair
0: that's fair well speaking of 5.2 make sure that you review our our uh, podcast on apple podcast and give us a five-star review if you love it because we know you love the mouthfeel we know you love the aftertaste and of course you love the flavor of this podcast stay tuned for some more content today we are going to break down browns and chiefs afc championship preview here we go gentlemen we are back you just had your favorite segment but this one might be your favorite segment from this podcast because football is back That's right. The Kansas City Chiefs are back and I am so pumped. I've been waiting, 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 waiting since that horrid Super Bowl game for us to come back and to avenge ourselves. And not only do I want to avenge myself, but Patrick Mahomes wants to. Travis Kelsey wants to. Andy Reid wants to. They are so fired up and we get our AFC Championship preview. Week one, that's right, Sunday, September 12th, 325 p.m. The fun begins. Reese, how stoked are you for this AFC championship preview? More so, how happy are you that I've said AFC championship preview about 10 times in this podcast?
1: Well, you know, you've also said Cold Stone, Chief Austin. And you've also said AFC title game, and one of those has to be a goof, and I'm going to guess it's probably AFC title game because there is no chance... This ragtag, scrubbity, unproven Cleveland team with a glossy coat of paint and a 93 Nissan Altima as their quarterback has any chance of making the AFC title game. And I could just keep digging deeper because I've struck gold in the Yukon territory right now, but I'm going to share the wealth with the (laughs) town visitors before I keep mining this anymore.
0: The reason why I said Coldstone Chief Austin because there's a there's an ice cream place called Coldstone Oh stone. I'm I'm
1: well aware so I'm like, did he name himself Coldstone Chief Austin for his fantasy team? Because that's kind of funny. <laughs> but it's a double layered joke.
0: I I stand corrected Stone Cold. <laughs> but I also like Cold Stone. I don't think I, there's a cold stone out here. I kind of miss it. I actually know the guy that um that owns cold cold stone. That cold stone or like The LLC, like the like the actual chain, yeah, LLC, Cold Stone. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Speaking of something less impressive is the Chiefs panic meter on the Cleveland Browns. So, Reese, if if week one was the Super Bowl preview or Super Bowl rematch, do you think Andy Reid would have let Harrison Butker kick a 63-yard field goal to, to then cancel practice on a Monday before the game? No. Nope. Absolutely, you're right. <laughs>
1: no, that was that was cool. It's awesome that Bucker can can crank a 64 <laughs> yarder. Because I, I said when I was watching the video, I told my wife, I'm like, it's gonna be interesting to see if he just takes us from a tee or if they actually like you know do a uh what was a uh, synthesized yeah, snap. Scenario. Yeah, and, and you know they they had a, tee, uh, a line and the defense rushing him and he still cranked that thing. No doubt. So if only he can do his field uh, PATs,
0: no doubt, I'll be very happy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, we'll see about that. But sometimes when he doesn't make his PATs, that means he does make some insane field goals. So maybe it's okay to miss a couple of PATs, Butker. But again, you figure that out on your own time, we're rooting for you. Like if Andy Reid's message was... This is going to be a very difficult game for us. We need to be in the zone. I mean, Monday they would be in the film room like all day breaking down film, trying to figure out Kareem Hunt and Chubb and trying to figure out Odell Beckham and Landry and try to really, you know, figure out this offense and also their their retool defense. But if Reed's letting them, you know, cancel practice on a Monday and then just go through their walkthroughs Tuesday and Wednesday, that tells you something about this Chiefs team. One, that tells you that this Chiefs team is incredibly prepared and they're thinking past week one already. And number two, that tells you they don't think this is an AFC championship preview like ESPN, like Stephen A. Smith, like Michael Irving, like Max Kellerman, like all of them have been labeling this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is so far from an AFC championship preview. I uh, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. This is this is so far away from it. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey are not treating it that way, and I think this is going to be a blowout race. I
1: almost think that the Browns would have a better chance against us in this game had they not taken us to the wire in the playoffs the way they did, because I think Andy's telling the team he's like, "Hey guys." Don't let them forget the fact that we're going to drop a big old 40-plus bomb on these guys before Patrick Mahomes went out. I think if we had gone out and dropped like 45, 50 points on these scrubs and just blown them out, I think it would be like, oh, it's just the Browns. We can take them easy. Then they'd have a chance to catch a snapping. But, you know, Andy's going to respect that and be like, hey, guys, let's go out there and like really put the pedal to the metal and beat them. So, you know... I don't see a vast improvement in this Browns team from what we saw last year, which, in reality, don't forget, was a team that only made the playoffs because they won in Week 17. And then everyone said, oh, well, they won the playoff game, they beat the Steelers. Dude, that Steelers team was being held together with bubblegum, duct tape, and paper clips. You know what? Not even paper clips. <laughs> just bubblegum and duct tape by the end of the season. So the fact that they went in there and they popped them in the mouth, dude... Not a surprise, not a big W at all. Now, had the Browns made it to the AFC title game and lost to us, then maybe I'd be like, oh yeah, this could be a team that's just a step away from making the Super Bowl. Uh Uh-uh. They are more than a step away from reaching the Super Bowl. And that step is us.
0: Absolutely. Before I get into kind of the stuff that I put on on the outline, I want to do a little hot take stuff here. Hot take Mono is about to come out with a prophecy. This is going to be the defensive lines coming out party because we are facing probably the best one-two punch in the NFL with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt we 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 both think that these are great players and the way that they run the ball is very impressive so i think Andy Reid is sitting all these guys down saying this is the time if we can stop them from going over a hundred yards total rushing then that tells the league that this defensive line is real he's like I'm looking at you Jerron Reed. I'm looking at your Frank Clark of course I'm looking at you Chris Jones and I'm looking at all this depth and saying let's shut these guys down let's hold them under a hundred yards rushing so Hot Take Mondo is saying that now I predict that they're going to have like 80 yards rushing combined, zero touchdowns for Kareem Hunt, zero touchdowns for Nick Ooh. Chubb, and this defensive line is going to be known as an elite defensive line come Monday. Dude,
1: if that's a Vegas line, 80 yards combined and zero touchdowns combined for those two, I'd recommend slapping 50 bucks down because you would come back with a housing fund with a bet like that. I'm optimistic, but I don't think we're keeping both those bulldozers combined under 100 yards and with zero touchdowns. I do think that is the most potent part of their offense as well as their team, because people are always like, oh, Jarvis Landry and OBJ, man, they're like a great one-two punch. And I will still be on my soapbox that OBJ has a career based off of one highlight play and that Landry and OBJ have not been these like 14, 1500 yard receivers now for like two or three years. I would say, I would say at best people are talking like they have a one, two punch of Chubb and Kareem Hunt as their wide receivers. Now they got more of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they got Evans and Godwin or Goodwin as their, you know, one, two where it's like, oh yeah, they're both kind of like low end number ones, you know, high end number twos. That's what they are. And behind their offensive line is the biggest weak link on that team, and that's Baker Mayfield. I have not seen this magical gargantuan improvement in Baker Mayfield that everyone else at ESPN and company seem to have seen. At best, I think I would say Alex Smith has a higher floor and maybe a touch lower ceiling than Baker does, but Baker's floor... Is much lower than Alex Smith, and he seems to enjoy sleeping without a mattress. If you catch my drift,
0: (laughs) Reese coming in hot today. Referees turning into hot take, Reese. I've been waiting for this for weeks. And and look, Reese, if, if, if Baker Mayfield has an average season, right? Not even contention for Pro Bowl, maybe they make the playoffs and win one game again. Do you think that they pull the plug? on Baker Mayfield within with a, uh, an average or below average season. I
1: think there's a reason why they haven't given him an extension and I can't blame him for that reason because I do think if you can get a top Ten, maybe 12 quarterback behind this team. Then suddenly the pieces all come together. This team is very much held back by Baker Mayfield, in my opinion. Now, I don't know who's on the free agent market come next year. You know, my guess is maybe Deshaun Watson, uh, Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to kind of piddle around for another few years. But I don't know off the top of my head who you plug into that team to say, ha-ha, we figured it out.
0: I'm gonna play. uh, Which which quarterback do you want on the Browns over Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield or Ryan Tannehill? Tannehill. Ooh. Baker Mayfield or Kurt Cousins?
1: Ooh. You know, I thought about it myself. Uh, (laughs) Baby, baby. Oh, that's hard. I would almost say Kirk Cousins because I think me too. Yeah, I think his floor is a little bit higher than Baker's is, and he tends to play higher than that floor more often than not.
0: Yeah, and 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 Baker Baker Mayfield is not as accurate as Kirk Cousin is. Like, yes, Kirk Cousin doesn't really throw the long ball, but like he can get you points. Like, Kirk Cousin will will get points on the board where Baker Mayfield we're just not sure what's going to happen with him. Uh, Baker Mayfield or Matt Stafford. Matt
1: Stafford. I love Matt Stafford. Yeah, he's talented.
0: Let's do one more. Baker Mayfield or... (laughs) Baker Mayfield or Joe Burrow?
1: Ooh, wow. Um, If you could guarantee me his knee would hold up, Joe Burrow.
0: Yeah, I... I I think they're kind of dead even for me where like Joe Burrow obviously has the upside, but right now I'd probably would choose Baker, but, but if I want upside, I'm taking Joe. So basically what we're saying is like, yeah, Baker Mayfield is like, 17th ranked quarterback right now at, yeah. at best so yeah. sorry baker you're not great you won't be great week one it's not going to look good for you sorry about that let's talk about some more stuff so some things that are concerning and we'll see if these are concerning for you reese uh honey badger is still out in covid protocol and andy reed it has been a little quiet about it. And whenever Andy's quiet about something, it's not great. So Andy's saying we're taking it day at a time, but his testing have, um, have been getting better. And I don't know what that means. Testing gets better. Either it's negative or positive, or maybe he did have symptoms with COVID. So Reese, um, let's, let's say worst case scenario, um, honey badger does not play dan Sorensen is now our starting safety what is your what is your panic meter or concern for that chiefs defense with dirty dan running the show
1: Uh, i would say eight and a half to nine mainly because our best linebacker willie gay jr is already going to be out for the match with him being gone I was worried that uh, it's gonna be hard playing a lot of run-heavy teams early on in the season when Willie Gay's out. But at least we have a very solid secondary, so I'll let them, you know, hit us with a thousand paper cuts so long as they don't score. But now, if the secondary is potentially gonna be blown open with a very overall weak safety core and what are still largely unproven cornerbacks, then I'm suddenly a little bit worried that not that the browns new and improved defense is going to shut down the chiefs but that the browns offense might be able to stick around against a defense like that just enough that one really fluky play in the middle of the fourth quarter could blow this back open
0: yeah that's that that that's a pretty good scenario that's a likely scenario unfortunately um just just imagine two years ago when we, like, you know, Honey Badger, we know Juan Thornhill's coming in. Um, just imagine two years ago that someone told you in 2021 to start week one, Dan Sorensen is your starting safety and Ben Neiman is one of your starting linebackers. <laughs> yeah, that's not good.
1: No, I do not want Neiman and Sorensen starting on this team and taking 50% of the snaps. That is a recipe for disaster.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, it's just for week one. Hopefully, Juan Thornhill, whatever injury concerns that he we still have of Juan dissipate, and then he definitely takes over Dirty Dan's role. I'm sure it's a formality right now. I'm I'm hoping it's a formality that Dan Sorensen is over Juan Thornhill in the depth chart. Uh, but for week one, that is the only weakness that I see for the Chiefs. Now, again, like you said, it's not gonna it's not gonna be the reason why we lose. You know, we're, we're not gonna lose this game, but you're right. It could it could be a shootout because of those weaknesses deep. Uh one thing that I did see that was interesting, McCole Hardman was limited today with a hip injury. Um cool. Worst case scenario, Reese, if 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 McCole's out, who's who's wide receiver two? Uh
1: I think they probably put Robinson at wide receiver two, bump Pringle up to the three and play my boy Dory's Fountain at number four. <laughs> uh, but I could also see him maybe switching up the playbook a little bit and going with more of those, like, you know, 14 personnel packages. You know, got a bunch yep. of big tight ends on the field. I told you, if this winds up being a year, we're playing three or four tight ends more they're playing like a, a true wide receiver number two. I don't care. If they can catch and they can ball, they can catch and they can ball. So... What's your best team out there? I don't care what it's
0: what numbers in the back of their jersey. Yeah, this this may be facetious of me, Reese, but I actually don't mind McCole Hardman struggling this year or having some injury concern because I do want to see this four tight end set and see it like executed extremely well and something we haven't seen since like Brady Gronk, Aaron Hernandez style. So that would be super cool to see. Uh, but we'll see what happens to McCole Hardman. Uh, let's see. I'll skip through some of this other stuff. Reese. I know we've touched a little bit. on browns d but i do have to say they've added john johnson at safety who i think is pretty good troy hill at cornerback and then jadavian Clowney, who uh is a hit or miss he's he's hot or cold but if if he gets hot and he's with miles garrett is there any concern for you with that defensive line against our offensive line with three rookies
1: I think Cleveland should be very excited that they have the two players in the NFL whose careers are entirely based off of one blown out of proportion play. I've already (laughs) college highlights. Exactly, I've already alluded to OBJ's one-handed catch. Hell, heck of a play, you know. Great, but he's not that receiver. And Clowney's completely unblocked blowing up of a Michigan running back, which you know, again, great hit, great form tackle. Cool, the helmet popped off. He was unblocked and didn't see it coming. Great. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> by and large, Clowney's been a jag for the last four years in the NFL. You know, he's not some superstar. I would say at best he's been playing like Frank Clark, who you and I would even say, you know, has not been lighting it up. So I, the defense Cleveland had last year was not 2018 Chiefs bad, where it was like, why even put players out there? But like you said, <laughs> this these new guys they've picked up, John Johnson and Troy Hill, you both said they were pretty good. Okay, is pretty good good enough to block the most dynamic wide receiver and the greatest tight end of all time? No. Is some journeyman defensive end Jadavian Clowney suddenly going to turn your defensive line into the Tampa Bay one that had Patrick Mahomes running for his life all game? No. So can someone please explain to me where the proof is in this pudding that is Cleveland's defense?
0: I was wondering if like, if if this game was going to be on ESPN and that's why ESPN just keeps touting this game as the AFC Championship preview, but it's not even on ESPN. So yeah, I don't know where they're getting all their information. I agree 100% with you, Reese, that this defense is... Not elite, but above average at best. And a, an above average defense still can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Speaking about beating the Kansas City Chiefs, let's predict the score, Reese. I'll let you go first. So right now, the uh, the Vegas line is Chiefs minus six. What's the final score for you?
1: Um, I'm going to say 31-27 Chiefs. But it, Ooh, that's close. But hear me out. It, it's going to look different. Like it's going to be thirty-one. It's going to be like thirty-one seventeen, with eight minutes to go in the game. They're going to get a touchdown to make it thirty-one twenty-four, and then well. Something's going to happen that's going to make it look closer at the end than it actually was. Yeah, that that
0: always happens to us. They're going
1: to get a touchdown and then a three and out because we're trying to bleed the clock, and then they'll get another field goal and go for an onside. It's like, oh, Chiefs escaped. It's like, no, Chiefs stopped playing with 12 minutes left in the game. You know? So
0: let's
1: let's say 33-27.
0: 33-27. Hot take Mondo here. I... There, there's something about this Chiefs team that they're not telling us like like Patrick Mahomes and like Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. They all seem different this year, like like there's something happening in that locker room that's like pumping them up. But then they come out into the press conference and they're just like, "Yep, yeah, business as usual, you know, all this. I know something's going on in that locker room. I know they are fired up from losing the Super Bowl. And there is a lot of animosity, a lot of rage, a lot of energy that we haven't seen in these press conferences or preseason that we're going to see week one. Like, I think Patrick and we kind of saw it with the Vikings, like Patrick came out there with a swagger and like knew exactly what he was going to do. And of course, that's Patrick Mahomes, but I I don't know something feels different to me in a a scary way like this team is going to be really scary I think there's going to be a statement win for us 35 21 Chiefs I like 35 21 if that happens I will be pleased as a pig in a puddle and that that 21 it'll it'll probably be 14 and then they'll they'll get a touchdown in garbage time so it'll be even worse
1: I like I like hot take mindos takes here. Uh, two running backs, eighty yards, zero touchdowns, and 35-21. Yeah, I, I can sleep. On I'm both fired
0: players. up. It's almost like I'm a fly on the wall there in their locker room. I I know something's going on. I know I know Travis Kelsey throwing people around and saying no messing around this year. And then and then Chris Jones coming out and he's saying, look, I'm gonna play whatever I need to play to win the game. We play to win the game. Playoffs. People are talking about the Browns in the playoffs. reese you want to add anything before we head out today any anything i missed there and uh for the preview uh
1: yeah cleveland rocks no cleveland can go kick rocks this is going to be a chief's victory (laughs) and i think this team like many cleveland teams before is
0: doomed to repeat itself yes where where are you going to watch the game or what do you What are you doing on Sunday?
1: I'll be watching the game at my house, kicking it on my new Costco sofa, which that in and of itself was a Homer's odyssey to get back to my place. I'm very proud of that. You got a
0: Costco sofa?
1: Oh, baby. (laughs) Great price. It folds out into, like, the world's biggest full-size bed. It's super comfortable. My wife's really wanted to get on their sofa recently, and I saw this one, and I'm like, I could get that sofa. And, like, that was all she needed to be like, card down. We're buying it. And I'm like, all right. Wow.
0: (laughs) Is it it how... Is it like a sectional? Is it a four-seater, a two-seater?
1: So it's a three-seater, but if you can picture like an ottoman square, there's essentially one of those built into one of the seats. So it's like an L, basically. Like a long leg out one, two other seats. And then under the two other regular seats, you pull on these two things, and like two more sections pop out from under the couch and make it like a full-size bed mattress thing. Yeah, it's a... It is a lounge about with no pants on, eating popcorn and drinking high-quality beer and watch some
0: NFL football. I'm excited. Countdown. You're excited. Kansas City fans, I know you're excited. Stay tuned because we will have that Browns Chief reaction for you that next week, and we are so fired up to talk about it. Until next time, me and Reese, take care, everyone, have fun, and go Chiefs! Go Chiefs!
1: I'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash F-C-S-M to gain access to premium content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews.